I haven't been in that old building <laughs> in years, and I just about forgot. That was almost a disaster. That's another reason we need to get that camera moved. So I um, preached this message years ago. I, I don't believe I've preached it here before, but it, so it's not one that is new with me. But uh, so forgive me for that not being. Uh, I was a little tired after coming home from that couples retreat, and I had started a message uh, two weeks ago, and. Um, last night I worked on it for two and a half more hours and uh, didn't get much further than where I was at with it and a lot of study went in but I, I was praying this morning and I got in the truck and was just coming down samples and just pulled out of the driveway and I was just praying and asking the Lord, and I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, I think that message that I've been working on is, is not for everybody else. It's just one that's for me. And uh, so I don't know, maybe one of these days God will allow me to share that with you, but uh, um, it's it's been quite a study, but I apologize for that. But today, uh, obviously, with what we have going on in our lives today, um, I'm, I'm going back to a series that we were working on before on the battle of our minds and how the devil is constantly trying to work on our minds and, and challenging us. And, and we need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to the battle that really is going on uh, around us and, and not be as the uh, ostrich that sticks their head in the sand and... Uh, just thinks that all the problems will go away because it won't. And, and you see this spiritual battle taking place all the time, and, and uh, it is real. And so there is a battle that is taking place, and I'm praying that today as we look at this message that we can understand this battle and that we can have some victories in it. And, and we need to understand that we're in this for the long run, that this isn't a, we might have this, uh, skirmish over in, in a, a day or two, but there's going to come another one, and, and this is a battle that's for life, and, and, and it's going to continue until uh, the day that the Lord takes us home, but I want you to be encouraged by it, and I'd like you to take your Bibles, first of all, to Isaiah 41. Here we know that Isaiah, God uh, prompting Isaiah to write this, and encouraging uh, nation of Israel, and they are, at this moment in time, they are uh, preparing to be taken captive. They have uh, been a very uh, disobedient nation that uh, has been, uh, for years and years, had operated under a theocracy, and, and then we know that they had moved into uh, leaving that and coming into the time where the kings were, were ruling, and it was during the time of these kings that we see that they started plummeting in their spirituality, in their obedience to, the, to uh, God's will and to God's word and to his prophets of that day. And, 
and uh, we see them become very disobedient in that, and and uh, not only spiritually but morally and practically, and and so because of that, then God said, "You guys are you you are going to lose your nation, and you're going to lose your identity, and and uh, no longer are you going to dwell in the land of Canaan, but." There is another country that's going to come in and take you captive, and you are going to be held captive for 70 years. And so Isaiah was one of those men who was one of those prophets who was telling them that. But in God's mercy, isn't it always good, God's mercy? I mean, we we think about all of the crazy things that we do and how so often we turn our backs and 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 on God's instructions and in God's wisdom and 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 we turn our backs on that and we make bad choices in our own lives and 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 in God's mercy he continues to bring us back where we need to be and in in Isaiah 40 verses 10 through 16 we we see uh 41 I'm sorry Isaiah 41 verses 10 through 16 we see one of those illustrations of God's mercy, because this is what he says, fear thou not. Another command, and we see so many commands in God's word, and and here he is telling them, he's saying, stop being afraid, and stop running in terror, and stop in all this fear that you have in your mind and in your heart, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and shalt not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing, and as a thing of naught, for I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel, I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains, and bear them, beat them small, and shalt make the hills as chaff. Thou shalt fan them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them, and Thou shalt rejoice in the Lord and shall glory in the Holy One of Israel. You know, we're in a day and an age much like what we have here in Israel. We, we, we have the enemy who is standing up very strong right now. We have the enemy that is promoting the wickedness and the vileness and the immoralities of the day and, and trying to tell us and make us believe that that is all normal and proper behavior. They are redefining terms that God is the one that has defined those and no one can redefine what God has defined in the first place and that but we have that and and we see the enemies are coming and people are scared and 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 there's a lot of anxiousness and there's a lot of that in our lives today just questions of what's going to happen and I mean we have these what the 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 China balloon and and I, I mean, I, I go away for two days and no cell service, and I come back, and it sounds like the world is coming to an end. You know, we're, we, we have shot some unidentified object out of the air somewhere over Canada. First of all, quit lying to us. It's identified, or you wouldn't shoot it. I mean, Todd, they have just stopped 
doing what the and Joel they 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 have not done what is the first order of of gun safety firearm safety is control the muzzle right and identify what you don't point the gun until you know what you're pointing it at and and you're not going to point it there unless you're going to shoot it right so don't tell me that it's some unidentified object it's an object that we just don't want to tell you what it was and so all of this takes place you know while I'm gone and then I'm you know now I'm out looking for drones every night again anybody else you know I see a drone I'm shooting it I'll just take my chances and when the black suburbans show up and the tinted windows I'm gonna blame Dustin <laughs> but you know the enemy is real and and that's really not the enemy you know, it's what goes on in your mind thinking about those things and and and, and the enemy that, uh, can I, I just came out of a couple's retreat. Can, can I tell all of you married couples that your spouse is not the enemy? I mean, I, I think that some of you uh, might think that that's the case, but it really isn't. <laughs> you know, and, and we need to understand from these verses that he tells us that you know what, there's going to come a day when God is going to scatter the enemy. God is going to put his foot upon the throne and rule in a mighty and powerful way. And, and we know in the end that the devil is defeated and will be cast into the lake of fire for all of eternity. And, and we know that, and so he tells us to stop fearing what's going on. Stop fearing about the things that are unknown and Stop being afraid and walking around in terror and, and, and wondering about what this could be or what that could be. But you need to understand that God can use us and will use us to defeat the enemy, and we just need to trust him. You know, this is to help you, because how do I know that this is the case? It's pretty easy. You can just go into the secular world, and, and you find out how many people are dealing with their fear it shows up in their behavior, and it shows up in addictive behavior. You think about the addictions of our country today. I, just for kicks, wrote a few things down here. In 2022, it was said that there are 15 million Americans that are dealing with alcohol addiction. 15 million. Tells us that there are 2.7 million that are dealing with uh, addictions of some kind of opioids. And so now, we, why, why are we dealing with that? Why, why are we dealing with these addictions? We, we deal with them because it's hard to deal with the things of the world and, and the anxiousness and the, and the fears, and, and it makes you forget some of those things that, that are bad. And it tells us that of the misuse of prescription drugs that, there are 16 million people that say they are missing and do not know where some of their psychotherapeutic drugs have gone. It tells us that there are 9.3 million that, of Americans that are missing some of their painkillers. Where, where are they at? Well, we know where they're at. They're on the black market. They're being sold in the back of a car or they're in the back porch of a home somewhere or they're traveling around and we know that i mean that's a fact that's out there and 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 there are so many people that are 
trying to find a release from all of the uh, all of the fear and the anxiety and the stresses of the world, and so they try to medicate through those types of addictions. It tells us that there are what three hundred and thirty some million Americans. I think that's 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 adults and children, and so of that, I'm guessing that uh, I don't know. Would that be half? Is probably. Uh, you're probably talking our our adults, so 175 million people in America that are that are uh, adults. It tells us that of that 175 million or so adults, that 40 million look at porn regularly, and some of them, I'm sure you would say, are addicted, and so they uh, and it tells us that only 10 percent of those admit that. They are addicted to that, but I would uh, uh, dare say that many more are. It says that 17% of women are addicted to porn today. And why? Why has it become so prevalent? Well, one reason, it's just easy to access. It's everywhere if you don't guard against that. But why else? Because of the stresses that we have in the world, and, and we have the stresses of everyday life, and, and then you have all of the, the craziness that, that is going on around us and, and running rampant. And, and look, you need to understand that God is not the author of confusion. If you're confused about things, that's not God. God is orderly, and God has stated the facts. And, and, and so if you are having some confusion, you need to understand that that, not, that is not from God. Now, you, you need to know and understand what the will of God is in your life. First and foremost, I can tell you the number one aspect of God's will is that everyone in here at some point in time has bowed their heart, confessed to Jesus that they're a sinner, and call upon him to be their savior. We all sin and come short of the glory of God, and nobody can deal with your sin issue except you. But we're all in that same boat, and we all need Jesus. And we need his forgiveness, and and you need to, by faith, trust in that saving work, his death, his burial, his resurrection, showing us that he was God himself, and that when you will call on him and trusting in what he has done for you, he gives you eternal life, and he shows you his love by forgiving you of every sin in your life, past, present, and future. That's the power of God. That's what he wants you to know. You're not here by mistake today. If this is your first time, and maybe it's the first time that you've heard this, I want you to know that God loves you, and he showed us that he showed you that he loves you by dying on that cross for you. And so don't let what God did be wasted on, on your life of living for yourself and thinking that your happiness and joy is living selfishly for yourself, but rather you need to understand that Jesus Christ died for you so that you can have eternal life and truly find joy in serving God. And so you need to trust Christ as your Savior. First and foremost, you can't, you'll not win these, these battles and you'll, you'll try to find some way to, to curb the, the stress and, and, and try to lighten the load. And it, it will either come through many, some of these things. You'll bury yourself in work. You'll bury yourself in alcohol. You'll bury yourself in drugs, you'll bury yourself in pornography, you'll bury yourself in whatever other kind of addiction that you may have, and 
I have no idea what all the addictions are, but there are, I just named a few, and we probably just covered well over half the population of America dealing with addictions. And then our children also fall into that. And so what do we need to do? Well, if we're going to win this battle, there are some things that we need to understand. First of all, you need to identify the enemy. We need to understand that there's a battle and that there's a fight going on, and we need to identify the enemy. In 2 Corinthians 4, if you would, you follow with me. We're going to be moving around a lot, so you're just going to have to bear with me, okay? But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, it tells us this. It says, but if our gospel, and the gospel is the good news. You know what the good news is? Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and because he was dead, and he died for the sins of the world. And then on that third day, he rose again from the dead and, and ascended into heaven, showing us that the sacrifice was sufficient for all of the world and that anyone who wants to call upon Jesus can and will be saved. That's the gospel. And so, but if the gospel be hid, so obviously then it's hidden from some. And you know what? You're here today and, and, and the Lord is pulling the shutters off of your eyes and showing you that maybe you have been lied to your whole life and, and the devil has kept you deceived and thinking you're okay or thinking you can gain your way there by doing certain things. But today, he's pulling those shutters off of your eyes to show you that, that it has been hidden from you, but not today. Today, you can see the truth of the gospel. It is hid to them that are lost. And so here we need to understand that, that the enemy blinds people. It's not the blinded people that are your enemy. It's the one who blinds them. And it goes on and it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You know, over in Ephesians chapter 2, it says in verses 1 and 2, it says, And you hath he quickened, he's given you life, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You know, the, the prince of the power of the air is the ruler of the demonic kingdom. That's who he's talking about. Who would that be? Be the devil himself, wouldn't it? So here we know that the enemy is the ruler of this demonic kingdom, and he's the one that rules this world. We're living in a world system that's designed by the devil. We're living in a world system that is full of chaos. We're living in a world system that tells you that, that wealth is, is what's going to make you happy and that prosperity and, and, and all the gold that you can possibly get in your life is what's going to bring you joy. And any way that you can get it, then that's going to be good. And, and whatever feels good in your body, then you ought to be able to do that and practice that, and that will bring you happiness. And all it does is bring you confusion, and it brings destruction in your family brings destruction in your own life, and, and, and you are deceived by what truly will bring you happiness. And, and here we know that it's this world system that, that's working on people today, and, and it's this world system that, that the devil is going to try to use to keep you distracted and, and, and continue to go down that course. And, 
And the more you get, the more you're going to want. You're just going to continue to have that kind of a, a curse in that because it doesn't come from God. And in the world, it tells us that there are three ways that we are tempted and three ways that even the devil still today will try to tempt you and three ways that your mind will try to control you. And tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, love not the world. Here, that's a command, and he's telling you, stop loving the world. What do you mean? I live in the world. Yes, you do. But the system that we live by is according to what God's Word says, not by what the rest of the world says. Culture doesn't dictate to us as believers how we ought to live. God's Word dictates to us how we ought to live. We ought to do these things, not because the law states it in, in society, but we do things to get along with our neighbors and do the right thing because God's Word says. We want to do what God tells us to do. God defined marriage. We're going to live according to God's definition of marriage. God is going to tell us whether he created us. He's going to tell us whether we're male or female. And we're going to stick by what God has done. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by him himself. And he's our creator. And so we're going to live according to what he tells us. And, but here we see that in this world, it's going to be telling you something different. And, and he tells us, stop loving the world and stop loving the things that are in the world. If any man, this is powerful, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, it's sure not controlling us if we're following in love with the things of the world. And so what is in the world? For all that is in the world, here it is, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And so here we see when, when we think of the word lust, we we think of, of driven passions. And so these eager desires that control your mind and, and control all, all behavior, it's behavior that's unchecked, it dominates your time and thinking, and, 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 and uh, lust becomes very controlling. It says in James 1, verses 14 through 16, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You see, we can, hey, the devil made me do it, but actually it's your lust, all right? You know, my, my wife made me mad, so, you know, I reacted this way. No, it's still your choice, what you did. And so, whatever it may be, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. And then he says, so these eager passions the, that drive us are of three different areas. One is the flesh, which is our physical body. It's our bodily appetites that we have. What are they? Now you start thinking about that, and you can actually find good things that have actually become bad things in your life. And so how careful we need to be and and allowing our, our flesh to determine what we do. Remember, it tells us over in Romans 6, Paul said, mortify the deeds of the flesh. That means to kill them. Kill those deeds of the flesh. Don't let your flesh out and loose and running however way that it wants to, but make it be under control. And so we need to keep it under 
under leash, don't we? Lust of the eyes. You know, the eyes just feed the flesh, don't they? I mean, we see things that we want that we can't have, and, and that's what the eyes do. It causes us to be uh, covetous and, and wanting things that, that we can't have. And, and oh, how do we see that in our society? We see people that trying to stay up with their neighbors who make more money, so they go out and get three or four credit cards so they can buy the same thing, so they look as good as the neighbor. And, and so they're coveting over what their neighbor has. I I, I'll be honest, I almost coveted my neighbor's snowblower this winter <laughs> until he came over and did it. Now I'm like very thankful. But, you know, we, we do that. We, we look over the fence or you look down the neighbors and how often do we see in our society today that some guy decides that, that he'd rather have some other woman than his wife or some woman sees some other guy and and decides to leave her husband for some other guy. Or in our society today, imaginations can't really get too carried away with the craziness in our world today. But oh, how careful we need to be of our eyes. In Hebrews 13, verse 5, I find this an interesting verse. He says, first of all, let your conversation, let your way of life, your manner of life, be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. Be happy with what you have. Now, I don't always recommend all kinds of movies, okay? And I'll probably get in trouble for doing this. But I, 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 and there's some things I disagree with on it, but some things are good. Secondhand Lions. Anybody ever watch that movie, Secondhand Lions? I, I, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's it, this two old men, they, they take in this little guy and they, they, they adopt him, you know, and, and it's kind of a neat little show, but right at the beginning, you know, when the first kid's first there, you know, and, and, and uh, they're standing there and they're telling him, you know what, you're going to sleep upstairs and if, if you need a drink of water, you know, here it is. And, uh, and then they look at him and say, better yet, just do without. And, and I thought, you know what, there are a lot of things that we need to quit looking at and realize that God is saying, you know what, you can do without that. It's okay. It really is okay to do without that. And don't live your life coveting everything else that everybody else has. And don't you dare be buying things because you're trying to impress someone and stop being covetous over what they have. But be content with such things as you have. And then look what he says. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's all you need. That's all you need. All you need is the promise that God says, I'll be there. You worry about all these things that the world is saying that you ought to have. You're, you're concerned about all of these things that, that, that everybody else has, and, and you don't have those, and, 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 and you don't have, I don't know, whatever it is that you think that you ought to have. And he's saying, look, do you not understand that my promises are true and that really the only thing that you need is me? That's what God is saying. And understanding that he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. How powerful is that? Boy, that can help us to understand how to control the lust of the flesh and definitely control the lust of the eyes and, and how careful we, let's be careful of what we look at. David wrote Psalm 101, verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. 
I hate the work of them that turn it aside. It shall not cleave to me. I can, I, I can probably safely say that the halftime show tonight will be a waste of time. And really not something anybody needs to watch. The Grammys last week showed themselves to be completely worthless. Unless you're a Satan worshiper, then it was very valuable. But if you're not a Satan worshiper, it's probably pretty much everything in there a waste of time. And as a matter of fact, ought to be eye-opening to let you know of the battle that's really going on. With these wonderful TVs that we have and the networks that we have and wake up and set no wicked thing before your eyes. And then the pride of life. That arrogance and pretentious, ostentatious attitude that you may have and thinking that you have to have all of these things to impress someone around you or, or you need to put on some kind of an air of, of somebody that you really aren't. And, and you know what? You just need to walk transparently and, and be who you are. And yes, you stumble and yes, you fall just like everybody else does. But you know what? The sets of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And you know what? He also tells us that when you fall, he gets, he'll help you back up and, and he walks with you and he's beside you. And you just keep looking to him and find him to be sufficient. And, and you just walk humbly with him and knowing that you could fall at any time. And so you're trusting him to guide you and direct you and, and empower you. And, and you remember what he told the Corinthians, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Look, it's a spiritual problem that becomes a physical problem, and so we need to identify the enemy, and the enemy, the enemy is the devil, and the enemy is your own flesh, your own eyes, and your own pride. It's not anybody else, but that's the enemy. You need to identify it. You need to be aware of the battleground. Where does that take place? It takes place in several areas, but I always believe that it starts, the battleground starts in the mind. 2 Corinthians, if you'd like, chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 is where we will go. But 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5 shows us, it says, For though we walk in the flesh. Yeah, we do. We, we live in the flesh. I mean, we're, this is flesh, right? Pinch it, it hurts, right? This is the flesh. We're walking every day. We get up, we do our rituals, we go to work, we go through the world, whatever we're doing, we're walking in the flesh. And, and so we're, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And so it's not in the flesh where we engage, okay? It, it, it would be okay if, if it was a fleshly battle, then, then you could see the devil. But really, left to ourselves, we're in trouble fighting the devil. We're going to lose. We'll lose every time. He, he was far more overpowering than, than any of us can ever be. But he goes on and he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not the Glock. It's not that, that, that mean old AR-15 that, that is evil. And, and it's not those kinds of weapons that we can use in the warfare that we're talking about here. But the weapons that we have are mighty, they're powerful, they're possible through God to the pulling down of strongholds, those fortresses. And then how does he do that? By casting down imaginations. Anybody here have an imagination? 
I saw this meme this week. So I, I didn't watch the Grammys, okay? I heard Madonna got on there, and you couldn't even recognize her. I mean, her face is all fat. I think she had some kind of reaction to Botox. And so, uh, and so I saw this meme where it showed this dad looking under the bed for the little child and said, no, Madonna's not under here. I thought it was funny, all right? If you're a Madonna fan, sorry I offended you, okay? Our, our imagination can really run wild, can it? I mean, we laugh and think, you know, we got we to gotta check the, under the bed. Pastor Young shared up there that he always had to go close the closet door after they'd go to bed. If the closet door was open, uh, Sherry would be afraid. So uh, he would have to get up and go shut the closet door. I don't know what good that is. If he's in there, he's in there. You know, door open or not, you know. Uh, and who was my mother-in-law one time had a shirt hung up on a hanger by the door. And she woke up in the middle of the night. She's as blind as I am. And she woke up, she said, in the middle of the night. And she saw that body standing over there by the closet door. Scared her half to death. I think that's funny. <laughs> oh, our imaginations can get pretty wild, can't they? It's our imaginations that that take over in our lives so often. And, and these imaginations, they're, they're not only are they thoughts, but they're, they're also reasonings and arguments that you have with yourself. And... How many here has won a great argument with yourself? You know, or you're, you're really you're arguing with somebody else. It's usually your spouse, but they don't know that you're arguing with them unless you talk out loud when you're not supposed to. You know, they don't know that. But man, we have won. I've won some great arguments, and I mean the the justifications that we have and. And here he shows us that in all of these things, that, that the weapons, the spiritual, the, the spiritual power that, that God gives us can cast those down, all of those imaginations that we have, and, and, and bring them down and tear them down and overpower them and destroy them. And not only that, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Boy, that is what I want. How many times do we fight this battle and, and really what we want is, God, we just, I just want, I really do want to be obedient. I'm tired of losing this battle, and, but here is the battleground, and so we need to allow God to take those spiritual powers that he has and be mighty through God and understand that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me means far more than whether you can dribble a basketball or whether you can win a, the game through a touchdown. or It's far more than that. It's when you wake up that first day and your spouse is gone and you can get out of bed you can just function that day and get along today without that loved one. Then you start understanding what he says about, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. When you get up the next day after you've lost your job and you're wondering, how in the world, God, am I going to be able to take care of my family and do what we need to do and pay the, 
pay the mortgage or, or just be able to buy groceries, God, and, and I really need your help in all of this. And, and you wake up that first day after finding out you're unemployed and God can bring that verse to mind, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's when it's real. That's when you start understanding the real truth of, of what God's Word is saying and, and the power to give you victory over the fear that you have in that day and give you a sound mind and not one of fear, but one that can move forward and get through the day and see that God's hand is upon your life. And, and so here, knowing that you're fighting whatever it is in your life, maybe you're addicted to fear. Maybe you're addicted to pessimism. Maybe you're addicted to pride. Maybe you're addicted to some of those other things that I was talking about. And you think, and you're thinking in your mind, God, this is a battle. I just cannot win. No, you can't, but through Christ you can. You got to trust Him and live for Him and ask Him to help you to, to cast down all of these imaginations and all of the strongholds in your life. And, and He says in Romans 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. To renew, to renovate, completely change for the better. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The spirit is that part of your the, the God consciousness and and our mind ought to be filled with God's word and, and, and filled with God's will and filled with the goodness of God and filled with the blessings of God and counting those blessings and re rehearsing them in your mind and remembering the good things that God has uh, going on in your life. Look, do you understand that the brain composes 2% of our body mass but takes 20% of our energy? That little piece of gray mush. Now, some of them, especially teenagers, maybe they're only running on about 12% of that energy, and they move, need to move it on up to 20% of that energy. <laughs> Sorry, teens, don't throw anything at me. Okay. See, they're just looking at me like, prove my fact. I mean, just proved it, okay? And so... <laughs> She's thinking, that's good, we got her thinking. But for all of us, 2% of the body mass, 20% of the energy. Do you, do you realize, too, in our brain, this is amazing to me, that in our brain, there are more connections in our brain, over 100 billion neurons. There are more connections in our brain than there are stars in the Milky Way galaxy. That's amazing to me. Oh, yes, and we just evolved from some crazy monkey. But the mind is so powerful, and that's the battleground. And in that, it tells us there in 2 Corinthians 10, you need to identify the strongholds. What's a stronghold? Well, a stronghold is, is any kind of a fortress in your heart. So ask yourself, God, is there something in my heart, in my life, that has built a wall up around it, and there is no one able to get in there. Not my wife, not even my family, and God, not even you. I do not want you in there. This is my area. 
This is what I'm afraid of. This is what I'm addicted to. This is what I'm ashamed of. This is what holds me down. This is what, what seems to control me that, that I'll put it down and, and I'll put it back in that closet and then pretty soon I'm over there opening the door or it's opening the door and coming out on its own. And, 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 and it's, this is what brings us to that point where, where we act out. And, and sometimes, you know what, it may be a little harder to identify, but, but you've you got to get past the symptoms and you've got to find the source and, and you've got to find out what it is in your heart that that truly is holding you back. It might be bitterness or something that happened in your life. It, it might just be some wicked imaginations. It might be something that's just holding the, that has a hold in your flesh or whatever. It's something that you pet or, or it's something that maybe you even hate and you're disgusted with it, but it's built up such a wall that you think there is no way that God can tear that down. Can I share a verse with you and... Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. Can I, can I, I don't, I don't, don't think this to, to be dishonoring, but I'm going to change this a little bit. Piercing even to the hidden stronghold in my life and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God, when you will allow God to take his word and use it in your life, he can go into the deepest parts of your heart and he can cut out that fortress, that stronghold in your life. You know what? You have to allow God to do it. And when you identify that stronghold, you have the victory that God wants you to have. Ephesians 6, verse 10, how do we do that? Well, you put on the armor of God. You identify that stronghold, and you open your heart, and you let the, God, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit do the work in your life that He needs to do in your life. And so then you have that victory, and, and you have victory over it that day. Maybe it's that day you have victory. Well, make sure, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 17, you can go there and read that, but there it says... Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Put it all on and leave it on. Allow God to keep you safe. So put on the armor. Secondly, declare action against the enemy. Set up accountability with someone. Guard your eyes if that's the problem and guard your flesh. Job said, guys, you need to hear this. Job said in chapter 31, verse 1, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? All the way back to Job, probably the oldest book written. And Job, even having that problem, he said, I made a covenant with my eyes that I'm not going to look at another maid. And so guard your eyes. Be careful of your companions that you have. That's why church is so important. We are not perfect, okay? But we really are trying to go the right direction and and not only are we trying to go the right direction, we're trying to help everybody else where you're at get where you need to be. We're going to help each other. We're not going to justify our sin, and we're going to hold each other accountable and say, don't be doing that, and, and help me with this, and, and I'll help you with that, and I'm not here to judge you, I'm just here to help you, and we're going to get through this together, and, 
And so you, you be careful of your companions because wicked companions will corrupt you. I mean, it, it, look, if you have a problem with some kind of drug addiction, don't be hanging around with those who have a drug addiction. Hang around with those that have beat the addiction. You have problems with alcohol? Don't watch the commercials tonight on the stupid football game. Most of them will be alcohol commercials. I mean, I, I don't know. You got a problem with porn? Put something on your phone that will guard that and won't let you get on there. Restrict it. Don't go places that are going to tempt you in any of that. Don't be around companions that say it's a good thing to leave your husband or your wife. Be careful of the companions that you keep. Keep a journal. Keep a journal what sets you off or what your struggles are and try to find out what's tempting you or what's causing you to crash or keep your mind prepared. How do you do that? Having devotion, stay in the Word of God every day. Stay in a thoughtful process of, of, of prayer and talking to God and keeping that, that what you ought to be. 30 minutes before bed, why don't you spend some time in God's Word instead of on your electronics? Shut them all down. In your devotions, read, write in a journal, meditate on the passage, dedicate through prayer a committed heart and a committed will. We need victory. And, and there's not, I'm sorry, but I, I hate to burst your bubble, but there's not one person in here that's not having some kind of problem. And this is the victory. This is how we can have that. We need to understand the battle that's going on. And you can't let up. You can't think, man, I need a breather. You take a breather and you're going to go backwards. And then you're just going to have to come back to where you were and then to go forward. Stand where you are, take the, take the knowledge of the Word of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, and let's have victory in our lives. Let's be what it is that God wants us to be. And you know what? At the end, we score life's touchdown, and we see our faith completed, and we celebrate with the most holy of saviors. In eternity with him, in a place of perfection, in a place of victory, in a place of peace. But today, it's a battle. And we do not quit, but we look to him for that victory. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of it. Lord, I pray that you'll work in the hearts of each one who's here. Lord, every one of us, I'm sure, is probably thinking of something they struggle with or are very well aware of the stronghold that's in their heart and their life. So, Father, I, help, I pray that you'll help them to name what it is. They confess it to you. And that, Lord, today is the day when they start handing that over to you and watch you knock it down and give them victory. Lord, we want that. We want your victory in our lives. And I pray that you help us, whatever it may be. Let us nail it to the cross. Let us walk away and find you to be faithful and powerful and give us the victory that we need. Lord, we thank you. We love you. 
We pray your hand upon us in Jesus' name. Amen.